Good evening. This is the weekly wrap for Friday, May 5th. Probably the most important piece of data that came out late Friday afternoon, and that was the fund activity, the speculators, uh, and what they did over the last week that got published in the CFTC report. What we found out was a shockingly large sell-off in corn. They sold over 100,000 contracts. They're now short 118,000 contracts of corn. They sold another 30,000 contracts of beans, so they're just a small long now of 50,000 contracts of beans. They sold another 13,000 contracts of Chicago wheat, 12,000 of Kansas City wheat, 5,000 of Minneapolis wheat, so they're now short all the wheat complex, some 140,000 contracts, 126,000 of that in just the Chicago contract alone. They sold soybean meal, soybean oil, canola, uh, and they just bought back just a small handful, 2,000 contracts of cotton. And so this was an incredible sell-off in scale and magnitude, especially taken into consideration that open interest is at record low levels. The market is just not interested in playing or fighting with these entities anymore, so they've backed out. So when you take into consideration the combination of the scale of the short, uh, along with open interest and how small it is, these funds are uh, embarking on an incredible uh, journey of being short, uh, but not only short, but short against a very small amount of open interest. So they are singularly essentially playing by themselves in these markets, pushing these markets um, into a vacuum uh, all by themselves. And so we're going to have to keep an eye on this development. I think liquidity uh, on the way down was easy for them because there just aren't that many players in the market. And we'll have to see that if there's a weather event or some kind of geopolitical event coming out of Russia, how easy it would be for them to cover the other way around. I think we got a small sense of that on Wednesday when they decided to flip and start buying wheat. Um, wheat case, uh, KC wheat was up 55 cents in one day. And that was after the crop tour for Oklahoma came in with a very low yield of 24 bushels on the Oklahoma wheat crop and a state yield of 54.3 million bushels. The private sector came in with their own yield closer to 40 million bushels for Oklahoma, which would be the smallest crop in Oklahoma since 1955. Now, Kansas wheat crop tour starts in two weeks, and they have a lower overall crop rating. And so maybe the reality of how poor the wheat crop is in Kansas and Oklahoma is finally starting to sink into these funds, but you wouldn't know it by the fact that they got shorter last week. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, you know, we've, we've had some very strange weather all spring, all winter. And now it's continuing right through into uh, late spring, early summer here. We had a very cold uh, uh, planting season here uh, in the early part of the south. And, and now it's turning warmer, but it's also turning extremely dry. The, uh, the, the, the zone, the root zone moisture index is showing an expansion from Nebraska into Iowa and now parts of Illinois. We've seen some pictures on social media of dust storms in central Illinois, which is pretty unprecedented, unbelievable to see that uh, this early in the year. So weather certainly is a long ways away from being settled. 
remind you that in May we typically just plant the crop. You can't kill the crop or make the crop in May, so weather typically is not an issue, not a, not a play in the markets in the month of May. But we are certainly setting the base of a very dry upper Midwest at the moment. Uh, the May-July spreads in corn continued to rally. We're at 56 cents on the close for the week. We rallied as high as 61 cents. Soybeans closed at 32 cent inverse. Uh, that got as high as 36 cents. And the Kansas City wheat crop inverse for the May-July closed at 46 cents. But it rallied as high as 88 cents as somebody seems to be caught short the May contract versus the July. The important data going forward now is the USDA report that comes out on Friday. They will give us their first run on crop sizes and balance sheets for next year. Uh, again, reminder that is typically bearish. They tend to use trend line yields uh, and, and low abandonment numbers. Um, and so they, you know, I would expect a bearish piece of data coming out of the USDA after that report. Uh, grain corridor discussions have started uh, for the renewal of this corridor that supposedly that agreement shuts down on May 18th. That has been a contentious public battle. Uh, there was a drone strike supposedly on the Kremlin uh, trying to supposedly take out Putin. Uh, the video looks pretty fake, uh, and so the market is highly skeptical of that attempt. And it may have been done just trying to drum up more drama and sympathy for Russia and their cause, which, of course, the market has no sympathy for. But realize that those discussions will be ongoing here for the next week, and then the vote will be on the 18th. So there is some geopolitical risk in the corn and wheat market if that corridor doesn't get approved. For the most part, I think China has the ear of Russia. China wants the corridor open. They need the corridor open. Uh, and so since they are the largest buyer of uh, Russian goods right now uh, that are under sanction, especially crude oil, I think what China wants, China gets. And so I think the corridor will be renewed. The bias, of course, would be the shock if we did not get approval on May 18th. The Federal Reserve did raise rates again 25 basis points. That's what's helped to precipitate another round of bank failures. I think that's the main thesis that the managed money is working on. Uh, contagion in larger banks and contagion in the overall economy leading to a recession. The problem with that theory is that the Federal Reserve uh, it reserves the right to bail out all these banks, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're reissuing uh, lines of credit, uh, guaranteeing all deposits on those banks. The only people that lose money are the owners, the shareholders of those banks, but the depositors are 100% guaranteed. Uh, the, the banks that are getting bought out are getting sweetheart deals with some of the larger banks like J.P. Morgan. And so they, um, you know, for the most part, uh, these are just more headlines than they are a real fear that has filtered through the system. Again, because Jerome Powell is king, he is uh, pushing banks under for this aggressive rate hike, but he's in turn bailing them out and securing deposits. So the net impact on the market is pretty negligible. Uh, the jobs numbers came out pretty strong again this week. There were big revisions over the past few weeks, again, bringing to light the accuracy of government data, which we are always skeptical of. But you know, for the most part, the jobs market remains sticky strong. 
China data continues to come in pretty strong. They are reopening travel uh, on roads, travel on trains, travel on airplanes is all coming in very strong. So we expect demand for crude oil and energy and foods to continue to rally. We had the lowest close in the U.S. dollar on a weekly basis since April of 2022. So we're going back a year now, and this is the week, you know, the weakest uh, close in uh, on the U.S. dollar. Why is that? The Fed rate hike cycle is probably over. The inflation data is expected to roll over very aggressively here in June and July. And so it's very possible that we end up with a Fed funds rate at 5% and inflation rolling over below 5 to 4 maybe 3% over the next two, three months. That would indicate that the Fed is done raising rates and might possibly have to lower rates this summer uh, because they've kind of overcooked uh, the rate hikes. So in summary, uh, where do we sit? Well, we've got the funds short 120,000 contracts of corn, short 140,000 contracts of wheat. They're short cotton, uh, all ahead of planting. We don't even have the crop in the ground. Uh, and, and we've got wheat at record low crop condition ratings. And so we've got you know a, a very extraordinary situation here. It looks like the Fed is likely to pause in June, putting probably more pressure on the dollar. Crude oil, ultimately, based on its balance sheet, looks like it's headed to $100 a barrel easy, in my opinion. And the cash market, because it's so heavily inverted, continues to indicate severe tightness of old crop supplies and more likely that we're running out. Certainly, we've seen the data come rolling in on cotton very aggressively, confirming how tight that balance sheet's going to get by the end of the year. So it's my opinion that the funds have engaged in a bit of a suicide pact here. They have put, they've gone all in on shorting commodities, supporting their view that the banking crisis is going to ultimately affect the balance sheets of these products. Uh, but I think they're wrong. I think this is going to end like the final scene in Thelma and Louise, where they're going to drive themselves off a cliff and be short. And, and left with nothing but air underneath them. Uh, if we end up with any kind of weather problem or any kind of real world acknowledgement of how tight these balance sheets are, they're gonna get flushed and it's gonna be very painful on them. So uh, I remain bullish and in fact, probably am more bullish this week after seeing the scale uh, of the selling by the funds, the scale of the selling into what is very low open interest and how trapped they could possibly be on their positions by this early summer. So the net result is I have no change in my opinions on uh, the marketing. I'm still looking for 7 720 old crop corn. Still looking for $16 old crop beans. Still looking for Kansas City wheat to test that $10 or $11 area. I'm still looking for Chicago wheat. Uh, even though the spread is blown out versus KC, you probably have to lower those targets closer to $8 or $9 on Chicago wheat. And still looking for $0.90 to $0.95 cent old crop cotton. For new crop, those targets would equal six six fifty new crop corn, fourteen to fifteen dollar new crop beans, and ninety to ninety five cent new crop cotton. So those all remain our targets uh, uh, from a marketing perspective. Okay, just a reminder: these are my opinions, not those of ADM or ADMIS. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you soon.